10 Minutes of Truth with Sean A. Barksdale is committed to bringing you the truth. Hello, everyone. This is Sean A. Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Today, we have a Simon Severino, who is the author and CEO of Strategy Sprints, the host of the Strategy Sprints podcast. This guy has interviewed powerhouse entrepreneurs. How are you this morning, Simon? Hey, Sean, thank you for having me here. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day in life to uh, be uh, be here with us. Uh, Very briefly, I want you guys to know Simon. He is the founder, of course, of uh, Strategy Sprints and is recognized globally. You are the Forbes Business Council member, a contributor to the Entrepreneur Magazine, and a member of the Duke Corporate Education, an investor, and that's not all. You've been also on TED Talks, right? TEDx, yes. TEDx, right, right, right. Beautiful, beautiful. I want to jump right into this, Simon. Um, You have an excellent business model with uh, Strategy Sprints that helps business owners double their revenue in 90 days, correct? Yes, that's what we do. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, With that said, how important is it uh, in today's time for a business owner to own a podcast? I think it's overrated to own a podcast because many start much too early Mm. to run a podcast. So I would say before you have 35,000 recurring revenue per month, Mm. it would be not the right thing to focus on podcast because podcast is a marketing activity. And I see many people starting way too early before your core business, your core offer, one offer in offered in one channel for one target group at one price converts really, really well. And that means at least 35,000 per month in every month, even when you're on holidays, then you should start marketing. First, you do sales and operations well, then when you have something working, then you start marketing. And when we talk marketing, a podcast is an excellent marketing instrument Mm. for many reasons. The reasons why I started is, first, I want to be inspired. I want to learn from cool people because I am always a learner. I'm a teacher and I'm a learner at any point in time. I can learn from every person on the planet. So I Mm. want to hear different perspectives, different mental models, different experiences, because it informs my my a differentiated um, w- view of the world and it shakes up my own limits mm. because I have my favorite lenses on and I see the world through those lenses and they might be green, then I see everything green. But since I had 500 guests on my show, I have seen 500 different colors and that helps me be less colorblind Mm. and see a little bit more of the world. That's one thing. And the other thing is I do not know what I think until I hear it. (laughs) Right, right. So it, it forces me to take a position. Okay. I stand for this. I think that this is a network effect and this is not a network effect. For example, talking about things 
uh, I realize what my mental models are and what I have learned and what are some blueprints that can be shared and helpful for others. But that happens in conversations. Otherwise, I wouldn't know what I think. Okay. Very good. So like you said, um, you've been on over 500 podcasts, correct? Yeah. So you average probably about a week, two podcasts a week to get to a level like that? Yes, uh, today I'm on five podcasts, wow. and I also uh, and I also uh, have one guest per day on my podcast. Today okay. it was you; it was amazing. Thank you. And I also do a monologue per day on my second YouTube channel, which is called Simon Severino, where every day I do a ten minutes monologue on on revenue systems and investment systems. What I'm seeing today, what the markets look like, what I've been buying, what mm. I've been selling how I manage my own cash flow and my own revenue systems. Okay. So how instrumental has that process of podcasting, uh, being on and you podcasting yourself, how instrumental has it been in the growth of your brand? In terms of branding, it has, it has helped quite a bit. It, it has created some small revenue because mm. people have 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 been listening to it and then diving deeper into our communities and then saying hey i want a sprint coach can i have a sprint coach to grow my business because i know your models now i resonate with them they feel right to me i want this kind of work they have become clients but that's a smaller part the bigger part is that there are now 500 links on on google so if you google strategy sprints uh, Google says, oh, yeah, I know this this keyword. So mm -hmm. it's a keyword now because it was there 500 times from 500 different websites because usually podcast hosts, they then create a landing page. They have a link there. So that creates a ton of SEO, really. So for the branding side of things, it's it's strong it's like pr that you can do on a budget because right. it's not expensive to be on three podcasts per day right. it just costs time mm, correct uh so with, with that being said um i know that it takes a team to be able to research podcasts that you may be want to be on or have guests on what's that process like of finding a podcast that you want to be on yeah uh, I, I would need to ask Michelle because she's running that that SOP. We call it an SOP. So when we started, I I hired somebody, my colleague Michelle, at that time to help me do the research. So um, think about our target audience. Find out what else do they listen to. So she would go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and then there are these recommendations people who listen to tim ferris they also listen to da -da -da. Mm, okay and that and i think it gives you five recommendations so that was her first list was this five she contacted them and from there she started learning every week a little bit more then she had a longer list now she has hired three three employees that do it for her and she organizes that team the reach out team and they send an email to, to podcast hosts and they say, hey, uh, we could contribute this topic. Simon can talk about that on your podcast. We think it is aligned with your audience of 
entrepreneurs and small business owners. This is what they can learn, how to double their revenue in 90 days, how to have better operations, how to celebrate progress every week. Would that be helpful? And if yes, we can book Simon on your show. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's understandable. Um, I appreciate that insight as well. Um, we spoke on your show about you're, you're getting ready to come out with your first book. I also know that you you've have written for Forbes. Um, what? How, you've been in business for decades now, right? And sales, so on and so forth. What made you wait so long to write your book? <laughs> the, the same thing my wife is saying. saying Come on, <laughs> 15 years ago, you bought a book, How to Write a Business Book, right. and you never wrote one. What's going on? Right. And so fortunately, I had friends and family uh, uh, reminding me that I wanted to write a book. But actually, the, the first 15 years, I've been just solving the problems of my clients. Mm -hmm. I'm a strategy advisor, so I solve their problems. That's what, I, what a strategy advisor does. I, I help them find an, an entry into a market and to dominate that market and to defend that market position. So that was 100% of my focus every day, eight hours a day. Okay. Then later on, uh, as the business grew, and I, I had more clients than I could coach, I fired myself from fulfillment. Mm. I retired from operations. And I, I brought in uh, advisors that are even better than me, uh, to be honest. And, uh, and they have different superpowers. One of them has scaled Uber Eats. One of them was the head of Google. One of them has scaled uh, Ernst & Young, the, the, the big consultancy. So they have, have much stronger superpowers in single fields. And now my clients got much better coaches. I got back 60 hours per week of my time. I now do only hiring, uh, being the spokesperson, creating the culture and the, the, the environment really of what we do. Um, I, I make sure that communications run well and um, also externally by being on podcasts and by having my own podcasts. And now it was the time to start writing the book. So basically I hired an editor. I found a publisher, Kogan Page in London that believed in, in what I do and wanted to do this. And we started a one year project. And so for one year I was writing every day the editor was giving me feedback and refining. The publisher was giving feedback and refining. And uh, now it's on pre-order on Amazon. It's called Strategy Sprints. And it contains 18 years of my experience as a strategy advisor. Wow. From New York to Beijing on how to, how to enter markets, how to dominate markets in, a, in, an, in an agile, modern way. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And uh, congratulations once again on that, Simon. Uh, I think, you know, that consistency and building that business model and waiting now is packed with nuggets all the way through where if you would have wrote it 10 years ago, you, you know, you would have had to write several more, you know, <laughs> and whatnot. Right. So that's 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 real cool. Um with saying that, I know you do speaking engagements, so that the book will be a great uh, because I heard on uh, another guest that you had, um, 
uh, I, I forget the gentleman's name. Um, ah, I can't remember his name, but uh, he was talking about book writing. And the thing about book writing is that in these speaking engagements, you of course be able to sell books, but it, it kind of validates you more in business when you have a written book, right? So with that being said, um, how when you partner or go into speaking engagements, what do you what type of crowd do you look for with, with speaking engagements? I get mostly asked from conferences that are for entrepreneurs and for topics that are around network effects and business building. So um, conferences, uh, tech conferences, um, entrepreneurial conferences, blockchain conferences, they ask me to talk about uh, strategy and strategy is mainly how to identify what is the right thing to do, what's the angle to enter that market, how to quickly gain market shares, yes. adoption, and find defendability. And, and my specialty in there is network effects, how every single solopreneur, small business can use network effects like Google, like Bitcoin, like Amazon, who have these strong network effects and are yes. really unstoppable, even if you are just one person or a small team. That's what I mostly talk about. Okay. Okay, great. And also the gentleman's name, uh, Tony Morris. You had Tony oh, yeah. Morris. Yeah, Tony Morris. I actually uh, listened to your podcast. A great book he has now, ebook is Coffee is for Closers. Great book. Yes. Great book. Great book. Uh, with that said, um, how do you unplug from business? You know, you have a global business. How do you unplug uh, you know, every day and, 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 and get back into family, man? Oh, that, yeah, that's a great question. So I wake up very early because my kids are three and six. So they wake up early and they, yeah, they want daddy. They want to spend time with me. They want to play. They want to fight. They want to have fun. They want to dance. They want to sing. Right. So if I want to have something like me time, I have to wake up very early. Right. So I wake up five o'clock in the morning and my me time is up to 6.30 when they wake up. And so whatever I want to do for myself, that's my time. And it's usually it's running and listening to an audiobook while I run or to a podcast while I run in the morning. And so I run for one hour come back and then it's it's uh, kids time we play today we played with legos and we were building big rockets on on a planet uh and so we were playing lego today then i i, I start working i skip breakfast i do intermittent fasting i eat only eight hours that helps by the way uh staying in in a high energy mode for me and then I work from eight o'clock in the morning, basically uninterrupted until 6 p.m. And then 6 p.m., I, I really stop working and I go over to the kitchen, which is three rooms away from here. And then I either cook uh, for, for, for everybody and my wife plays with them, or I play with them while my wife cooks. And that is a natural uh, 
calm, calming moment. They bring me back down right. to earth with both of my feet. Right. And I am immediately relaxed when I am with them because they are so in the moment. That's beautiful. I have one last question for you, Simon. Um, if there's two things that you could change in your life right now, what would it be? I I would send myself back to 2012 and buy much more Bitcoin. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, and then I would. What else would I change? I do not often think in these terms, so it's right. a good question. It makes me think. And the second that I would change is I would pick a city with a better weather. <laughs> How is the weather usually there in Austria? Yeah, nice. Long winters, short oh, summers. Oh, okay, okay. That's understandable. Um, just real quick about, I know that, um, you know, you were speaking about Bitcoin earlier and cryptocurrency, and we see what is going on with Metaverse, and we also see, I actually bought a lot of Nike stock the other week when they bought um of course, you know, the licensing for the avatars, so on and so forth, and what they're going to do with cryptocurrency. Um, just briefly speaking to the audience about uh, cryptocurrency, because I know that you're passionate about it. I've heard you speak about it. Um, where do you see Bitcoin in five years, man? I did a video about it today. So I have a right. monologue. Uh, every day, 10 minutes about the current state of the market and price predictions. Today, I right. did the Bitcoin price prediction and the Chainlink price prediction because I've been buying Chainlink today at $21. Mm. Oh, wow. So, uh, whenever people hear this, it was at $21. Okay, you might hear it now and it's, it's at 40 That's a different situation. Right. But at $21, Chainlink is a buy. So, I am bullish Bitcoin long term. Mm. Um, Today, I have been looking at the hash rate because today is one of the weak days. We are in one of these after the flash crash and uh, we have a slow recovery, but really slow. It's not V-shape, it's not U-shape. It's a slow recovery, much slower than expected. Right. We, we have missed Plan B stock to flow model. Mm. And so now we are looking for health signals. And when I look for health signals, I go to the hash rate. What's the current hash rate and what's the distribution of the mining pools? Because the leading indicator to the lagging price is the hash rate. How many people wake up in the morning and build the, the core of what Bitcoin is? And this is the blocks. And so the hash rate is at all time high. Hmm. The hash rate, um, if the price would reflect the current hash rate, the price today would be above $60,000 for a Bitcoin. So the situation is healthy in its core and uh, and the price does does not reflect that right now. And and there are seven moments of a network effect in Bitcoin. So I think it is here to stay and it is unstoppable. The, well, hearing you say that, uh, Ethereum. We know that we pay gas fees, like you say, for mining, so on and so forth. Do you the current state of uh, gas fees and Ethereum? Do you think that that price will go down as the market grows or e increase even more? This situation has brought up uh, other layer ones like Solana's, mm -hmm. uh, who who are much cheaper, faster. 
And um, Solana is right now a bigger bag in my portfolio than Ethereum was at the beginning. Okay. So on the other side, the high gas fees only concern retail investors who buy $1,000, $500. If you are an institution, if you are a Goldman Sachs who buys 500 millions, you don't care about 300 bucks as a transaction fee because they are used actually to exactly these transaction fees just for much slower uh, transactions. And since the main driver in this stage, we are still very early in the S-curve. Yes, we are at 2.5 trillion. The market is 250 trillion. That's how early we are. So congrats to you if you are in the game right now, you are very early. You are still in the 1.5% adoption circle uh, uh, worldwide. And um, so right now, the main driver will be institutions, large institution coming in with large sums, the, the Goldman Sachs, the Barclays, and then, of course, Apple, Google, Amazon. As soon as Amazon, Google enter the game, Apple enters the game, we will have billions coming in, even if right. they just go in with 1% Correct. Uh, of what they do this year, we have a, a shift, a tremendous inflow of capital, and that will be the major driver. Retail investors, they don't move the price, they don't move the market at this stage. They will come in much, much later and, and FOMO in when we are at uh, over 100,000. Wow, that, thank you so much for that insight, uh, Simon. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope to have you back on our podcast very soon, man. That's Sean A. Barksdale, and that's been our truth. Thank you, and welcome to The Truth. 10 Minutes of Truth mission is aimed at bringing awareness to health, wealth, and the betterment of society as a whole. Subscribe and follow us as we drop an exciting new episode every Monday at 4.30, a platform you can call home. Thank you, and welcome to The Truth. I want to thank our sponsors, the Trent Law Practice in Halifax. Mike is committed to our Southside Virginia community. He grew up here and came back after law school to work as a public defender before starting the Trent Law Practice with Blair. The Trent Law Practice focuses on helping our neighbors right here in Southside with criminal defense and family law. It can represent you on a personal injury or auto accident matter anywhere in Virginia. You can give them a call at 434-471-4339 or look them up at TrentLawPractice.com. Most consoles with Mike or Free, either in the office or over the phone. That's TrentLawPractice.com or 434-471-4339.